Uh, For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which is not made known to the sons of men in other generations as it has been now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets in this, by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I have been made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This is according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. Father, we do pray as we study your word that you would give insight, you would give wisdom. Father, we pray as the word is, is taught that you would take glory. Father, you'd help me um, be able to communicate in a way that is um, rememberable, uh, a way that is uh, can press these truths onto our hearts that we can love you more. Uh, so, Father, we pray that you would take this these next few moments and that you would use them uh, for your good purposes, we pray. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, this is a wonderful uh, book. The more um, I preach God's Word, the more I, I, I find joy in books that I've spent time in before. I've, been, I've read Ephesians, uh, good, goodness, I have no, have no idea how many times in my life. But when you teach a book, you, you find different joy and different passions in it. So one of the encouragements I would give to you is that, you know, read your Bible, uh, hear it as much as you can, whether you hear it through audiobook or just read it, but just take some time just to study it, to go deep, dig deep into the Word, because it is a treasure trove of wisdom. We're just going to look at verses 7 to 9 tonight. Um, Paul's continuing his, continuing his idea of, of this mystery hidden for, uh, uh, that was hidden for the ages, this, this idea that Jews and the Gentiles are going to become one through the Lord Jesus Christ. Two people are going to become one uh, in Christ. Uh, so uh, beginning in verse 7, it says, Of this gospel I was made a minister according to the, grace of, according to the gift of God's grace. Just to stop for a second, just think of, of this gospel. You know, uh, this gospel uh, is the only gospel. <laughs> there is only one gospel. There's, there is the good news, the, the evangelion, that which was a promise long ago that God was going to send a Savior, the Messiah, to come and rescue His people from their sin. And how is He going to rescue their, His people? He's going to rescue His people through His own death, by dying in their place, taking their their sins on the cross and being buried and being raised for their justification. This is the greatest hope that we have. This is the gospel. There is only one gospel, and we want to rejoice in it. Paul says to the Galatians, he says, if anyone comes and preaches you a different gospel, let them be accursed. Let God judge them. Beloved, we have no other gospel, but we have the gospel. We have the good news this gospel that says that we have been redeemed, we have been purchased back by the Lord, we have been forgiven of our sins, we have eternal salvation, meaning that 
once Christ has saved us, he will keep us until the end of the ages. What a glorious thing. And this gospel is not something that's new to the New Testament. It was promised all the way from, from Genesis 3.15, uh, all the way through the Scripture, this great story of, of God rescuing His people through, through Christ. So I think when you hear that gospel, we, we sometimes, sometimes we, we, we gloss over it, we go over it pretty fast. But when you, when, you, when you study and you slow down and you meditate on these words, gospel, good news. I know that some of you came in here weary and burdened, but know this, you are forgiven in Christ. You may have had a bad week. Life may be stressful, but you are forgiven in Christ. Rejoice. And then Paul says of this gospel, I was made a minister by the gift of God's grace. Uh, the word minister there comes from the Greek word diakonos, which is where we get the word servant or uh, deacon. Uh, it really is kind of a servant of, of table. Um, you know, Paul was a, the Jew of Jews, the Hebrew of Hebrews. We mentioned this a little bit last week. He, he was the one who was kind of rising up in, in, in Judaism. He was looked at as, as a leader, kind of, kind of was getting fame for his persecution of, of the, the Christians. And, and God made him a servant to the Gentiles. I mean, just think about how, how beautiful that. This is not something that Paul signed up for. This is not something that he wanted, but God pulled him from his life heading towards condemnation and judgment, uh, living with blinders on, even though he, he, he knew the truth in, in one sense, but he didn't know the full truth in the light of the gospel. And he was made a minister, a servant, and what does he say? According to the gift of God's grace. Isn't that amazing that you have been called to be a servant? Everyone here, every single person here has been called to be a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is a gift. We don't think about that, do we? Do we? We, we? We'd rather not be the ones kind of serving and cleaning up after the meal at a restaurant, right? We kind of want to eat our food and then we want to roll, right? Or a grand banquet hall, right? We want to be those who are sitting at the head of the table, not the ones who are cleaning up and serving it after. And yet when you enter the, the, the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are called now to be a servant. You're called now to expend yourself on, 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 for the sake of others. And that is not a bad thing. That is a glorious thing. The Bible says here it is a gift given to you that you now have the right to serve. And my goodness, can we just thank God for how he has wired the people in our church to serve? You know, I talk to other pastors and they say, you know, 80% of the people or 20% of the people do 80% of the work. My goodness, that is not the case here, right? We have people serving. Even now, I mean, think about how many uh, kids, how many students or teachers are, are, are teaching our kids right now, right? Laying down the gospel. How many times that, does that happen on Sunday during Sunday school? I met with someone earlier this week and they, they, they kind of have a different model. They have one service on Sunday morning um, and they don't have any Sunday school classes and they say they kind of do things occasionally and they said it's really hard to find volunteers. I said, I know. <laughs> we, we have to do it Wednesday night, Sunday morning, and Sunday evening. And the church does it. Why? Because they're servants. They have been called by the Lord Jesus Christ to himself, and now we have the privilege to serve. I pray that we would always have hearts to serve, that we would not come to our gatherings and think, how can this church serve me? We have to have that mindset. We want to be servants of the people of 
of God. Uh, and we have opportunities to serve. I'm trying to kind of put those out more and more, different opportunities for you can use your gifts for the upbuilding of the body because when you do that, God uh, is pleased. That's how he made you. That's how he wired you. When you can use your gifts and your passions to, to bring other people closer to Christ. Um, this was God's choice. He is in total control. Uh, one of the great dangers of the Christian life is that we forget um, that we're servants and we start wanting to be served. Let that never be here. As the text goes on, it says, of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. So we have the, the great gift to be servants, but this is all of God. So if you are, are a, a servant of Christ Jesus and you're doing things in the life of our church, whether you're teaching a Sunday school class, you're serving in the nursery, you're working in, in the sound booth, uh, you're helping to, to clean the church, whatever that is, we, we, we do it in the strength that God has given us. So, so we're, we're not saying, look at me, look at how great I'm serving. Let me boast and rejoice in my gifts. No, we are boasting in the Lord because the Lord gave you the strength and that gift to serve, but not to serve yourself, but to serve others. We, Paul clearly says this in 1 Corinthians. He has given you gifts for others. So your gift is primarily not for you. Your gift is primarily for others. And when you use it for others, who gets the glory? God does. Praise God. Praise God. This is, it is Him at working. So there's days when you don't feel like serving. That never happens, right? <laughs> of course, there's days we don't feel like getting up and whether it's serving our family or serving the church. But here's the beauty, right? God has given us the power to do it. So we can. We can press on. We can reap a harvest if we do not give up. Verse 8, to me, Paul writes, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. One thing I love about the Apostle Paul is Paul never forgot God's grace to him. And he calls himself the least of the apostles. Um, someone quoted, um, I was talking to someone today, and uh, he gave me a quote from uh, D.A. Carson, uh, the Apostle Paul. He says that, um, D.A. Carson said that most people uh, in life uh, want people to think much of them, right? Or that he, they're worried that people think too little of them. And yet the Apostle Paul was worried that people thought too much of him. Isn't that the opposite of our culture? Right? We want people to think well of us. This is how we craft our, our social media image, how we try to show how everything is great in our life. Or even in conversation, when people ask you how you're doing, and you have that, 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 that moment when you're about to say, okay, I'm going to be really honest and tell you how I really am doing. And then you actually kind of pull back and say, oh, that's great. I'm having a great day. Right? Why? Because we, we don't want you to think too little of us, right? This is one of the reasons why we don't confess our sins to one another, because we're afraid if you really knew me, you would not like me. But that's not what Paul does here. Paul says, I am the least of all the apostles. Why? Because he knew that he was not the one who walked with the Lord Jesus. He was the one who actively tried to kill those who walked with the Lord Jesus. And he never got over the fact that God would call me to be his servant. Beloved, just think of this. You are sinners. 
deserving of damnation. And the holy God of the universe said, I choose you to serve me. Oh, let us not get over that. We are the, the least of all people, not the wise, not the, the learned, but we are the, the, the sinners that God has called to serve his name. He says this grace was given to, to do what? To preach to the Gentiles. Beloved God still wants us to preach. The word here is, it's really, um, uh, it means to proclaim the good news. That's the kind of the, the word there in the Greek. All, God wants all of us to, to be uh, those proclaimers of, of the good news, where we, where we work, in our homes, uh, to our families around, around the dinner table. Uh, we, but, but more than that, God wants us in this gathering, the gathering of the saints at Park Baptist Church, when we gather to proclaim, to preach the gospel, to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. Why? It's because that's how God does His work. When the Word of God is preached, something happens. We feel conviction. We feel uh, a desire to, to serve the Lord. There are, there are more and more churches that are trying to, to, to remove the centrality of the Word of God in our, from, our, from the services, that you need to preach shorter sermons and, and more topical messages, and you need to just to get rid of the, the pulpit altogether and have a conversation with the people, right? That's kind of what's happening. Why? Because that's what our culture says. Our culture says, no, that's, we don't want to be preached at because they don't want to submit to God. Why are we taking our marching orders from people who do not want to submit to God, who do not know God? Beloved, Paul had been called to preach, and where did his preaching get him? Jailed, beaten, alone. Listen, in our day, if we continue to preach the gospel, that's going to come to us. We're going to be looked at as, as Jesus freaks or fundamentals, fundies, as they called them back in some time ago, right? You know, we're going to be called lots of things. But if we are going to be bold, we preach the gospel. Why? Because faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So when you come to our gatherings, I pray, I pray, I pray, you would be praying for the preaching of the word of Christ. That the word of Christ is proclaimed and that that word would fall on people's hearts and they would be redeemed. And what do we preach? We preach the unsearchable riches of, of Christ. Beloved, let's never, never, never tire of speaking of Christ. How good is our Savior? How kind and merciful and compassion is the Lord Jesus Christ? You know, you read through the Gospels, and I've been doing that a lot lately, and you just kind of see Jesus, and he just doesn't do what you would think. Even our sermon on Sunday, this, this man comes to him and says, heal my son, and he says, you all want signs. I just want you to heal my boy, Jesus. You're right, there's this, we, just, we never can put him in a box. And yet, even in that moment, he's being kind to those who are opposing him. Even you'll see this, this coming Sunday, he's trying to, to help and shepherd those who want to kill him. I mean, Jesus is so, so good. And just think that we get to experience his eternal pleasures forevermore. One day we get to see his face and we get to hear his voice and we get to feel his embrace, right? Never tire of speaking of the unsearchable riches of Christ. Lastly, what does Paul say here? There's a purpose in all this. Why do we preach Christ? To, to bring to light for everyone what is the plan 
of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. You know, our job as Christians is to be the light of the world. Jesus says that himself, that you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. Uh, what does light do? Light illuminates. It, it brings understanding. So we, when we come here on, on Wednesday and we pray, and we, we pray specifically for conversations that you had during the week of people that were lost or people who are far from God that, we, that you, you tried to bring the gospel to, to preach or to, to share, whatever you want to use, the word you want to use, you, you did that so that they could, they could understand, that their eyes could be open. They could see the light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That's our job. And this is, this is a community effort. It's never one of us, right? We are all one. So when you scatter from this place and you go to your jobs uh, tomorrow, you're going as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ, his kingdom, and the outpost of Park Baptist Church, you go. We're, we want to be praying with you. So if you know you have a conversation with someone at work, it's going to be a difficult conversation, or, hey, I have an opportunity, I think, to share the gospel, let us pray with you, Right? Why don't you just have a, a, you know, everyone loves a group text, right? Send a, send a group text, right? And, and, you know, get 45 messages of people praying for you, right? It's worth it, right? Um, we want to help people understand this glory. And this mystery, obviously, again, Paul goes back to it again, is this mystery hidden for ages is that God is creating a, a new people, people who know Jesus as Savior, Jews, and Gentiles. God is going to create people from all the, the nations of the world. The, the, word, the word Gentiles here uh, in, in verse 8 is, is, is not the word Gentiles, it's the word ethnos, ethnos, peoples. God is going to, we get to preach to all the peoples, right, all the people groups of the world. Why? Because one day God is going to, to descend. The trump will resound. And he's going to gather to himself people from all tribes, tongue, languages, and people from all over the globe. And we get to come to him and say, worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. Father, let that be our refrain tonight. As we say together collectively, Lord, worthy is the lamb. Amen.